Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usebookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 10. We skipped a week last week. I was super sick. I couldn't even say 10 words really at this intro. So we, you know, we got to make up for it here. So episode 10, today's topic is going to be our biggest win and our biggest loss of 2022. Just, you know, basically a little inside look to mine and Johnny B's business here. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a whole year. So it's a lot to kind of take in, right? You just got to pick a few things and kind of roll with it. It's easier to kind of do this on like a more monthly base, you know, what's your biggest win this month, your biggest loss this month versus taking the whole year. It's like so much happens in a year, right? A lot of people can start selling in the beginning of the year and have a full-time business by the end. So it's like, I mean, this can cover, you know, so many different things. I'm just going to throw mine out there and then I'll get into it uh, a little bit of details. My biggest win was expanding into CDs and DVDs. I mean, that was just, it literally changed the business for me. It gave me two different outlets than what I already had. And I set in a bunch of videos throughout the year. Like if I only would have looked at the books in some of those thrift stores, I would have left hundreds and over the year, tens of thousands of dollars on the table. So that was the biggest win for me. How did I stumble upon it? I got lucky. I was just scrolling on YouTube, right? Doom scrolling. Came across the video, how to get ungated in CDs and DVDs cheap. And I went down that route and then I made the video for everybody else to kind of do the same. That was my biggest win. I'll get into a little bit more details here, but uh, we'll just shoot over here to Johnny B and see what his was. My biggest win was got a guy through the auction house when they were still doing the retail stuff before they sold me my warehouse I live in now. Yay. Um and he still comes here. He just drops him off on the other half. Uh, basically, there are these old vintage paperbacks and magazines, thousands and thousands. And I still, he still has more. I, it's like a never-ending supply. It's great. Um, but these are like pre-ISBN. You can't even scan them if you tried. They got really cool cover art. And if you're unaware, books and magazines back then were actual paintings that they didn't take a photograph. It did fancy book whatever work to do on the cover art and the interior art as well and you got your like isaac isomobs and you've got your old school louis lamours and what's what's this guy here william herbert frederick brown bill malden all the classic guys right golden age stuff silver age stuff um but it's in such a great quantity and sells so frequently frequently for me that was probably the biggest win. And they're super light. So shipping is always under one pound if they buy one. They buy more than one. It's like four or five they got to buy before it's over a pound. It's fantastic. Love it. Um, so that was the biggest win. Yeah, getting those. And I, I, I pick them up now, now that I have this knowledge whenever I see them. So now you got me, now you got me rethinking my biggest win here because you just threw out a source, basically. So my argument would be for myself would be, would it be CDs and DVDs or would it be my library book source that I get free books from every month? But I think I'm going to stick with the CDs and DVDs, even though the library book source is by far, you know, worth its weight in gold. You know, you can't you get something like that. That's consistent. It changes everything. Um, See, I can't even I can't even go there because I got the buy box for one week before they cut me off. And it was like, ah, 
And then I didn't I even get the CD and DVD till much later in there. So yeah, yeah. that's that's going to take me right into my biggest loss is going to be. I mean, I I don't even see it as a loss, honestly. Is restock limits. Mm. Um, the beginning of the year was weird for me, right? I was still kind of on the fence of whether or not I wanted to take my business seriously. Like if I'm looking at January, February this year, I was still like mm, kind of wishy washy on it. And then like I don't know, like after February, like. I think I started seeing more results. So I just ramped everything up. So like, it's kind of hard for me to be like, mm, you know, this or that, but I think taking, starting to take it seriously, the restock limits, yeah, it sucks, but I really didn't see that much of a downtick in sales because I had thousands in there. Right. So it's almost like, yeah, I could have made, you know, probably an extra 20 K, but what are you going to do? Right. I still made, you know, at least 10. So it, it is what it is. But I really, you know, I try to avoid like many setbacks. I try to keep things simple so I don't run into like any huge disasters, right? I'm not investing, you know, tons of money into one skew or something like that. So the risk with media is like kind of minimal, right? So like it's it's kind of hard to choose like one big loss. I mean, what can you, there's really nothing, nothing you can do. Maybe, maybe I should hire somebody part-time, but that's just hypothetical. It's not something that I actually did and kind of affected me directly. But uh, restock limits, you know, they always suck. But next year, we already have a plan going forward. We're going to front load everything. And then basically quarter four, you can just merge and fulfill if you want, kind of just kick back and relax. No, no doubt. And I guess I'll segue into mine. I'm glad you say you can't really take a big loss in media because my loss was not in media. It was back when I was everything seller. So I'm going to cheat. So this purchase was 2021, but I didn't resolve it to 2022. So if Mike allows me, I will go into this if it falls into the criteria. So, yeah, it was back when I was an everything seller. I bought the interior of a house, essentially. It was an estate sale. And I was like, take it all, people. And they're like, sure. And we worked out a price, whatever. Um, books were in there. They were. Um, but I, I just I wanted to see what I liked. And it took me about a week to haul everything out of there. It was not a big house, but that lady had a lot of things, including really, really creepy dolls. But I digress. So many months went by. I was just listing whatever, um, grab grab a pile, listing it, whatever. Um, then I decided to just down to books. So the remainder of the stuff, I just shoved in some storage lockets. I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later, I said. Many, many months more go by. I still haven't dealt with it. And I'm like, paying for these units. There's money in there, but I'm a bookseller. I'm never going to touch this. And then I came to the resolution just to liquidate it all. I think I had two 10 by 11 units of this crap, literal crap, like tchotchke stuff, uh, church shoes, clothes, knickknacks, glassware, kitchenware, bathroomware. It was nonsense. Uh, there's, there, there's money in it. it. It wasn't worth my time at that point. And um, I think I sold it to some hillbilly lady in a truck. She was, she was, I live in the country, but she was super country, super country. And she didn't have all the money I asked for. So I think I ended up like 150. I'm like, I'll just take it. I want to get rid of these units because I'm paying more than that a month just to how just to store the stuff that I'm not selling. It's just cost me money every month. Um and, <clears throat> and and the worst part was I in my ad I said you have to move it yourself because I didn't want to waste my day. This lady, I'm short if you didn't were unaware. I'm 5'4". This lady was 4'9 or something. And so she didn't bring anybody with her. And me being a somewhat decent human being, like, 
fine. I'll let you have my day and I'll help you move all this junk out. There was some heavy furniture in there too. So I spent my whole day, this tiny woman, very country woman, hauling my crap onto her truck and she drove away and I just went, it's gone, finally. Dude, you're only 5'4"? Yeah, I'm short. I'm like a giant compared to you at 5'8 over here. That's when you say you're short. I've always wondered how tall you really are. I'm only 5'8". Deb's six foot solid. So like she towers over me and I tower over you. We we would look like some kind of circus group walking down the street, us three. Like an evolution chart? (laughs) (laughs) That's uh. Listen, at least you get good karma, right? You helped out the old lady. So it came back to you some sometime throughout this year. It came back to you. So let's hit on a few smaller ones, right? So small win for me would be the library, uh, bulk buys overall, bulk buys. I made so much money off bulk buys. I don't care what nobody says about it. You have to be able to at least have a few hooks in the water to get some bulk inventory your way. I'm not talking truckloads. I'm talking about me going over to Johnny B's house. He wants all of his books gone, his CDs, DVDs. I pay him by the pound or by the piece. And you take everything. You provide a service. I probably bulk buys alone this year. I probably cleared over, I would say easily over $15,000 in profit from bulk buys. Nice. One of mine was an East or go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. One of mine was a Eastern press pickup. It was about 80, 80 something books. He wanted a really high number for him, but I worked him down to $22. I don't spend $22 per book usually. So this was a upscale kind of buy. Um, and I think I sold only about 30 of them before I was profitable. Because uh, I spent about $1,800 for the collection. Um, and I'm still making money on it. So now I can take lower offers than what I'm going to have them up for. Because once I clear my money, it's just pure profit from there, right? Um, but no, there's some really good stuff. Some were signed. And he was a it was a book uh, he was a bookstore owner, so they were never read. They were just set on a shelf. These were just the remainder when he closed up shop. He just took his shop back home with him, which I found amusing and benefited me. Um, another smaller one would have to be getting into library sales and doing the I'll take it all number. That pays for itself time and time again, every time. And I don't even I don't even scan them anymore. I just wait till the end of the sale and just I get a phone call and pick it up. It's great. Yeah, I mean, that you know, you're you're in a unique spot where you know you're the book guy. You really don't, you know, there's no used book guy 2.0 out there scanning your library sale. So, which is hilarious because in our group, there's tons of people in Texas. There is sellers, just not just not near me. Texas and Jersey are like the two hot spots for the group. Like that's where there's like at least five people from each of those states, and the rest of us are just lone wanderers out here in our own states. Um, I just keep waiting for like Joanne to show up like, get out, Johnny B. It's mine. I know. I know. Right? You show up one day and she's just sitting there. She's already got it all. I'm like, oh, Joanne. I, I still think it would have been funny if Joanne went around into Chris in the back room and there was some kind of video footage of this. That would have been uh, great. So if, those that don't know, Joanne, uh, she's a member of the group and Chris, too. And Joanne uh, came on the one weekend and said, hey, there's somebody else that has backroom access to my goodwills. And she was pissed off. So uh, Chris comes on the next week and Joanne's not on the call. And I had a one-on-one with Chris. So I knew he was from Jersey and he, he messaged me like, Hey, I got backroom access. And I, and he, it happened to be him. So two people in the group of, you know, 70 of us had backroom access to the same goodwill. That's crazy. Like what are the odds? They both had to follow your channel. They both had to join the group. They both had to live in the same area 
and shop at the same location. The odds are insane. It'll never happen again. Never. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but it just goes to show, you know, you never you never know what you're going to run into. Uh, a, a loss for me, I would say, I consider this a loss, even though it's not like tangible. It kind of is to me, is not getting a storage unit sooner. I uh, should have living on the third floor. It's just too much work, especially with bulk buys, you know, bringing everything up if it's cold or rainy, taking it all back down. It just wasn't feasible for me, but I was hard headed and I'm cheap, right? I, I don't like spending money, even though I make a decent living. I don't want to spend any more money than I have to. So I kind of waited out and held out for a good deal in a storage unit. So I guess it kind of worked out in the end. But those first six months of the year, just like the heavy lifting is brutal. Three floors it is it. it, it beats I don't know you how up. you did it, man. I, I don't know. You got to like have like tree trunk style calves. I had a bulk buy, a CD bulk buy, and uh, it was 100 degrees out. So I was bringing them up here to the AC and it was 3000 CDs. The car was literally full of CDs. Um, and that was like kind of like the writing on the wall. Like, listen, you can't be doing this. I was going to buy a pop up tent for out front on the sidewalk for when it was hot, because in the summer I got really sunburned. That's why I started wearing my safari hat in the videos. Because that was like, you can't be out there. You're just going to fry up. So you look like Dora the Explorer. It was amazing. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a big hit to 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 me. Um, it's just one of those things. Right. In retrospect, you know, a lot of things could go different ways and you should make a decision sooner. Um, it happens. So, right. It's kind of like hiring your first employee. Everybody that does it probably should have did it a long time ago. But it's one of those things where you're just like you're on the fence. You don't want to spend the money. So it's like, hey, I'll just keep torturing myself, I guess. I will, I will go into that because that's what I was about to bring up next. Employee is a, both a loss and a gain, and sometimes just pure loss. Um, because when you hire someone, it takes way longer to train them, it, depending on what you're hiring them for. So up front, you're losing money every day until they learn whatever it is they learn. If you're lucky, it's just like one simple task. Hey, you put things in box at the end. Um, but for me, it's more complicated than that because I'm trying to, at least for my first one here, train her to be rounded in all things just like I am. And that takes an extensive amount of time because there's a lot to what we do, in all honesty. That being said, the things I have taught her, she's learned and can do independently. So that initial training loss money investment is now turning into an investment of a game. So she can go off and do things and make me money and I can be here and do it. Because that's the thing with the training. It takes time away for you to train them and not be involved making money in your own business, even though that time investment pays for itself down the road. So that's been my experience with it, at least. I think another, this is kind of like cheesy for me to say, but I'm going to say it because it's the truth. Uh, like comes with taking everything more seriously, like uh, just taking YouTube more seriously, starting uh, starting the, the, the membership. I don't even know why I started it. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try this and see how it goes, right? It was one of those things. I was basically doing the Zooms for free. Every every weekend, I had a bunch of one-on-ones lined up for people, and those were awesome. If I ever had, like, free time and I'm and I'm a millionaire, I have no problem sitting down with people and uh, just, you know, seeing where they're at, where they want to start their business. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people followed through. A lot of people didn't. It's whatever. But just, like, uh, kind of starting the group, it, it held me more accountable, you know, like, I don't know, it made me maybe more accountable to myself and my business, because I mean, there's people out there in the group that do, you know, make more than me and have better days and better weeks and better months and better years. But it, it holds you accountable to a standard where it's like, hey, you know, like 
what how can I sit here on you know YouTube and preach things if I'm not actually doing it right you know like anybody can sit there and say oh we'll go do this and you'll make this amount of money well if I ain't got the numbers to back it up then what I say is useless just unsubscribe and unfollow and don't even bother right so it's almost like I have to proof of concept myself to other people and that kind of holds me more accountable and being around other other sellers it's like hey you know like all right, you know, you, you beat me today in sales and, I'll, you know, you hit me up like, hey, how are your sales been? I don't want to tell you, oh, I haven't sent a box in in two months. No, I want to be like, hey, I sent in 10 boxes this week. All right, get off my back. What are you sending in? No, you're absolutely right, because I get that from our group here in the Daily Refinement group. Like, if I say something, I hold myself to it, because if I just say it to myself and keep it to myself, I have that flexibility of like, I'll do whatever that is next week or next month because I know somebody's going to ask since I mentioned it. Hey, how's that thing you did that you said you were going to do? Did you do it? I'd be like, no. And then I don't want that because I, I hold my, my words, my bond kind of. So, yeah. And I think that applies to a lot of people in the, in the group. They, they say it and they, they got to, they got to execute. Yeah. Maybe that's why a lot of people don't say a lot of things out loud because, uh, yeah, they, they know. Uh, then it's real. <laughs> the used book guy's gonna come, come bust your chops, you know, in two weeks, and uh, I want, I want to hear results about what's going on, right? You know, it's like uh, somebody says they have a death pile in the group. Every week they hop on the Zoom call, and I'm like, hey, what about that death pile? And they're like, oh, well, yeah. It's like going to school, and the teacher asks, "Where's your homework?" Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like that, you know. But it's like. You know, it's just like kind of person to person. It's not like something you got to do, right? It's your yeah. business. You don't got to do nothing you don't want to do. You don't feel like Absolutely. sending a, you don't feel like listening or doing whatever. It's perfectly fine. But like putting it out there, kind of speaking it into existence and kind of, I don't know. I like to think I do everything the easy way, right? I think so many people get caught up with just making things so much more complicated with Amazon and eBay. And I'm just kicking back, relaxing, you know, just just living my best life. And everybody's like, well, this is going on and that's going on. I'm like, who cares? How many boxes you send in this week? You send in 10 boxes a week. You ain't worried about nothing that's going on because you're just collecting a check. Like uh, people get caught up in the nonsense. And I'm like, no nonsense approach. But it's good to be like, hey, you know, here's my numbers. I always put my numbers out there. So it's like, you know, I hold myself accountable to those and my goals. And, you know, I wanted to have a month where I did over 12K. And here I was, right, going up there, 10K, 11K a month, and then restock limits. Oh, so it's like so close. crash and burn, right? So I was on books and bourbons like, hey, I want to have a month where I do 12.5, right? You know, I was well on my way. I was like, if any, if everything keeps going the way it's supposed to, I probably would have had a 15, 20K month. And uh, it does, just doesn't happen, right? What are you going to do, right? You have these goals. Some things happen that are not in your control. So you just roll with it. It's not a big deal. I'm not like beating myself up about it. Like, oh, no, this is the end. I'm like, well, next year, it ain't going to happen because I'm going to front load the first eight months of the year. And then it is what it is. Quarter four, restock limits. Let it happen. Merchant Fulfilled was good for me. So I came and complain about that. But it's you, you learn every year. You learn every day. You learn every month with this business. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I think people get caught up in the overanalyzing, have to have to have a full plan before they even try it. And they just get stuck and plan forever, never do. And then you have everybody looking at the social media, these like big haul things. That could be me. What did that guy do that I can do? And I need to be like that guy. And they don't and they realize that big haul may be like a once in a while thing because we get big wins too, but they aren't every single day. Um and yeah, and then um, 
I had the third one. What was my third one, Mike? My third one was um my third one is John. What makes you special? Why can't there be a Johnny B 2.0? Cuz he would die and he half of him would be a robot, an android. There will be a better improved Johnny B 2.0 one day who does one eBay listing a day and just has 50,000 items in Amazon. That'd be a great day. That'd be a much easier day. My life is not easy. Um, no, I, I think about this all the time. Like if I was just to pack it in with eBay and just like let my store die off and I just get the residuals and just do Amazon full time, would that be okay? And I'm a little, my hesitation in that is diversity, right? Like Amazon, they pulled the card this year of no more books and then I'd be screwed, right? And I have to restart my store up on eBay. So that's probably the only reason I don't do it is just for my own personal security and having more diversity. But doing eBay every day is five times as long as a full-time Amazon person. It really is. It's so much more time invested. Um, but no, I think Johnny B 2.0 would totally be all over. Nah, I'm just an Amazon seller. Screw that eBay stuff. It takes way too much time. I guess People the thing is, like, is there, like, can we literally write out a blueprint and somebody could come in and do the same exact thing we're doing? <laughs> I think the answer is yes. I mean, yeah. there's, I don't, I mean, unfortunately I don't hide anything. Right. So anybody can do every single thing I'm doing and probably get better results than me. And it's just one of those things like, why don't people do it? It's just, you know, like, I guess people's, I think a lot of people's uh, like biggest downfall of the year is going to be not doing more in the business. So like, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm headed. Like, a lot of people are probably thinking to themselves, well, maybe I should have put out a, a flyer or a Craigslist ad, or maybe I should have got out and went thrifting a little bit more. I think a lot of people's kind of, because a lot of people kind of do this part-time or kind of feel it out to see if it's something that even makes sense. So I think a lot of people's, you know, biggest hurdle this year or setback is going to be not, not kind of putting more into the business, like just time-wise and effort-wise. Right. Now, Johnny 1.0, here are his plans for an easier life eventually. Um, I'm, I'm going to have employees. That's the route I decided to go. Um, you don't have to have employees to do this business. You can be a solo op the whole dang time. But for what I have envisioned and what I would like to put my money in outside of reselling, um, this is what I decided financially is the way, the best way to do it. So I have to bring in a person, train them to do one thing that I do, and that's their job. It's a very boring job, but that's their job. Minus the one person I have here, which is me, who could do any of the jobs. But it's going to take while and time, uh, both in training, finding the right people, long-term people, paying them right, and then continuing to scale. So for a unknown period of time, because I don't have the answer to that, I could say, here's my five-year plan, guys, just like the McDonald Manager program. But I'm not going to say that because I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, I have no problem leading by um, assigning a task, a delegation. There's the word I was looking for. I have no problem leading by delegation. And I'm just taking calls and I'm looking how to improve the business as a whole. And I'm more in the back planning kind of person versus the hands-on person. That's what I'm going to transition to. That's my Johnny 1.0 plan. All right. So, so now we're going to do some hypotheticals here. Just me and you kind of just sure. spitballing here. So let's kind of let's kind of try to put together a list of people that are listening to this or watching this uh, of just some of the things you think people are going to say were their biggest uh, setbacks this year. Like the the things that they, you know, like their biggest problems of the year, kind of like what, what we did for ourselves in the beginning of this. 
Um, I'll start out here. I think I think one is definitely going to be um, buying inventory and not listing enough inventory or sending enough inventory into Amazon. That's basically basically death piles yeah. for Amazon and eBay. Uh, time management would be a thing. Um, if you're too busy sourcing, just like yours, you're not listing, you're gonna get that death pile, right? Uh, but it, it plays into other things. Like, are you gonna wait till the day before you have to pay your taxes when you could just be doing it every purchase? I was um, just gonna say bookkeeping, dude. It's gonna hit a lot of people hard. Yeah, and then um, don't skip any days. Don't take unnecessary days off. That's another time management thing. Like you could say, I'll do double tomorrow. Then tomorrow comes and you're miserable. You don't have to be miserable. Just do it every day. Uh, well, if you're part-time, you get a pass because you're part-time. I get it. Family or job, whatever. Um, full-time guys, it's every day. Sorry. If you're full-time, it's every day. Um, the other one would be not. Go I think a lot of people got to start thinking outside the box. I think a lot of people get in this cookie cut, cookie cutter mindset of just, all I have is my goodwill and my Salvation Army. So I think a lot of people are kind of kicking. And I think that's why a lot of people are kind of like wishy-washy. Like they start and then they stop and then they start and then they stop because you only have these few sources where you don't know what you're going to get, right? You, imagine if you only had three thrift stores you had to rely on, right? You, you got to start thinking outside the box, driving a little bit further, trying different methods to get inventory. That's another good one. Uh, another one would mind be taking a step back and looking at what you have and seeing how you can improve on it, refining, refinement, like Mr. Chris over at daily refinement always likes to say it's the name of his channel, right? Refining processes. Um, and I'll, and I'll give this other one. Um, and this comes from Mr. Tech and sports. Here's another plug for daily refinements group. Sorry, Mike. It's all right. <laughs> no excuses. I can give my excuse not to do something every time a task comes up. Always. But I choose not to because I have goals and they drive me. And I think I think it's like, you know, as much as some of these things are like they're avoidable, it's almost like kind of learning experiences. Right. Don't see your setbacks as like, well, I failed. Right. You're I'm a failure because I didn't do this or to do that. No, it's learning. You just you, you learn from it. And next year, next month, next week you change that and you don't do it again. And I think another thing people, like you said, kind of refinement is do what works best for you. I don't yeah. care what Johnny B does for eBay. That's that's his life, all right? I don't yeah. care how efficient he thinks he is. What I do for eBay works best for me and that's all that matters. There's so many opinions out there and so many different techniques and all these different softwares. If you find something that works for you, keep doing it if it's if it's working and you're being efficient and you're getting results don't change it who cares what other people are doing so many people get caught up with like oh well if if you know i do it this way and i put a video out there of i use this software that software who cares if you're using a different one and it's working don't change it there's no point in changing it because i said to change it i tell our group all the time especially the guys that private message me about ebay stuff because they want to know how i do it i'm like no, you don't. You do not know want to know how I do it because, A, we probably don't even have the same kind of stock or inventory. I know how mine works because of the type of inventory I have. I have no idea what you got sitting in your garage. Also, I most of the people that message me are part-time people. 
and I, it's hard for me to explain to them because I have no idea how to do it from a part-time level because I've never done it part-time. It's always been, here's the full-time methodology. So my methodology is not going to transfer over to you because you're not a full-time person. You're not. And that's not an offensive thing. That's just facts. Um, and, and what Mike said is true. Find what works for your business, yours. Don't copy paste does not apply from business owner to business owner. Um, unless you are literally all selling Apple iPhones, then yeah, sure. Everything applies. Um, but it, yeah, you got to think for yourself and how to do your business. You can ask, I'm not saying don't ask people questions. How does this work? Yeah, do that. But if it doesn't work, move on. Don't take it as gospel. Yeah. Or I'm, set in stone. Do Find what works for you. I'll get the perfect example of myself. I didn't have a listing software until, you know, May of this year. And, you know, even to this day, people are like, oh, you didn't have listing software. How did you survive? Well, it worked for me, right? I listed through my phone. I printed out my labels on my old printer and I labeled it and I sent it out. It worked for me. It, I had no issues with it. And it was perfectly fine until I decided, hey, you know what? Let me try something different. But that was after, you know, two and a half years of me doing it that way. It wasn't something where I was like, well, this month I'm going to do it this way and this month that way. And it was a decision where I was like, all right, I'm getting to the point where maybe I can save myself some time. So uh, I think that covers like what people are like kind of going to beat themselves up about. Let's think, let's talk about some of the things you think people are going to say that they actually, you know, like wins. I'm going to start out with the most obvious is that they actually started, they started, you know, selling on Amazon or eBay. That's going to be, you know, I know that's kind of like stupid, like, oh, well, you started. That's really not something. No, it's well, not stupid. It's, it's not. the biggest thing, right? Because if you wouldn't have started, then it wouldn't exist. So it's like starting is like kind of the biggest hurdle you got to take. That was my alarm for when we normally do podcasts. <laughs> I think I think another thing that comes with that is like just like seeing results. Like people went once you start sending stuff in and you're listing stuff on eBay and things start selling, like that's your proof of concept. And that's like, wait a minute, I can actually do this. I can sell these these old crappy books and CDs and that nobody wants. And I can, you know, make 10x my money basically on every single one of them. Right. And to that point, I'm going to speak personal experience. When I have a slow sell day, it sucks and I feel bad. But when I have a good sell day, I feel great. And in the everydays in between, I still feel pretty good. Um, I think people get depressed. We'll go the depressed word uh, until they have a big sales day. They need that huge sales day to feel good about themselves. But the little sales are okay, too. You're selling one thing a day. Well, hey, some guy sold zero today, so feel good about that. And even, and even if you're the person that sold zero, you're going to get a sale. I promise you. Just keep on grinding. Don't give up. You started for a reason. It's going to take time. Um, all of this, every, I think everybody thinks it's going to happen overnight. It's not. It is not. It's going to take months. And you're not going to be where you envisioned in your head. Maybe you're a little behind. Maybe you're a little ahead. Or maybe where you're at, where you plan. But it doesn't matter where you're at. Just keep on trucking along. And you're going to get to where you want to be. Just, well, I'm going to say it. Be patient. Yeah, I think I think, that, I think that those are good takeaways for like wins, right? Getting started and, you know, just giving it time. I think those are the two biggest things that people have to realize and kind of accept that it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be a while until you start seeing, you know, full-time results and expect, expect to get out what you put in. 
uh, you know, what the effort you're putting in is the, the money you're going to get out on the back end. That's kind of how I look at it. So that kind of covers both of those. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.